0: I Got Here, the inside stories of startups and innovation and travel and transportation with your hosts, FocusWire's Kevin May and Mozio's David Litwack.
1: Hello there. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. Welcome to How I Got Here. These are the inside stories from travel startups and innovation uh, presented by Focuswire and Mozio. I'm Kevin May, joined as always by my co host David Lipwack. Um, for this particular episode, then, so Sweetness is a Silicon Valley, San Francisco startup with three co founders and five million in funding. What I guess some would say unusual about the company is that rather than trying to muddle through the already, the already busy world of hotel search, Sweetness is trying to solve one particular problem and certainly started out that way, which is giving guests adjoining rooms. Now, you might think that's actually quite easy. It it actually isn't. So to join us this week and uh, kind of explain a little bit more about the product and specifically about how the company came together and things like that is one of those three co-founders. Welcome, uh, Robbie. Robbie Patel, nice uh, for you to join us.
2: Thank you guys so much. Uh, Glad to be here.
1: Okay, so to kick us off, as we always we ask for the, I guess the ninety second two minute overview of essentially how you got here. Uh,
2: how I got to your uh, podcast, or uh, David emailed me, but how I got here in terms of the company. Uh, how you got here uh, in terms uh, we, of the company, yeah. Uh, at the current state, I well, uh, in ninety seconds, um, I joined my co-founder Kyle Killian in, back in two thousand fourteen. Kyle um, started a. Um, product um, when he left apartment list, Kyle was the chief product officer. Um, he always loved the idea of building um, something in travel. travel is uh, kind of provides happiness in, in uh, kind of almost in a non durable good now um, in in all accounts and so he had, was having a child. Uh, he wanted to work uh, late nights and be able to sit around his kids rather than going into the office all the time um the the benefits of being a developer um he <laughs> thought he could uh, start by fixing group travel uh, by creating a product that allows people to do organize their flights that arrive at the same time so think of facebook meets kayak so you and your friends are going to chicago from all over the wor- country or world you want to land at the same time how do you organize that trip found out rapidly that uh the uh, group travel is not a democracy it's a dictatorship and it's really quite expensive to try to acquire the uh, travel consumer, uh, specifically on airlines as in, you know, not, they don't have as much um, commission and capital. Um, and, but what was the biggest finding was that um, there was a big hole in where people can stay together. So a group of six coming into Vegas, for example, where do you stay together as, as vacation rentals are hard to uh, find on the strip itself. Um, everything is also in the hotel side base occupancy of two and doesn't have a sofa bed, doesn't have multi bedrooms, you know, um, even distribution is capped at four a lot of times when it comes down to occupancies. So uh, put in a little at like a little box on his site. We, we are always fundamental believers in build and then iterate. And so found that everyone was just asking where to go. Um, and so that kind of started uh, his journey to look at uh, alternative inventory in hotels um inventory that typically is kept offline um i joined him at that time um he built a an app in a weekend and kind of got some data um me personally i um i enjoyed uh i've always wanted to do something on my own love travel and 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 know what i'm good at and what i'm not good at which is the development side uh even though i'm technically uh technical have a technical background and uh then it was off to the races we uh found out how hard Distribution is in the travel side. How hard it is to get hotels to sign on to a new ATA, OTA. Um, how hard it is to get uh, incremental inventory from a data perspective, as also as a technology infrastructure perspective. And but you know, and how much money it costs to pay toll booths across the travel tech landscape. And so um, we've just really built for a year and a half. Raised a little bit of capital. Went through Y Combinator. Raised some more capital. Um, you know, and we've raised about five million I say, but we've you know we've raised internally more, just haven't uh, publicly announced any of it. Um, but mainly the 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 basis is to build uh, new pipes that allow consumers to book multi bedrooms in hotels. Um, started with suites and kind of an expanded off that. So for the hotels, they get money for underutilized assets. If people pay rack rates, um, their uh, suites are typically underutilized and unsold. Um, and um, as it as the market has progressed and as we've gotten deeper into the hotel integration um, and working, uh, you know, we're the highest ADR product for hotels across uh, not only Vegas, but actually uh, two of the biggest brands in the U.S., um, beating FHR and even uh, uh, Costco Travel and anybody else. Um, and then on top of that, being able to help them uh, compete in this world of high occupancy, which they always call SMURF. Uh, social, military, education, uh, yeah. reunion, uh, religious, or family. So, kind of what we've evolved into is um, uh, utilizing our pipes to allow consumers to book higher occupancy units. So, connectors are the obvious choice.
0: Okay. Very cool. So, the first question that like pops to mind is: you know, can you go into a little more detail as to you know why this inventory is held offline? Um, and you know, and maybe a little after that, a little more insight as to why you thought this was a big market.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, good question. So, first one: uh, why this is offline? It's, it's, I mean, it's there's a multiple multitude of reasons, and I probably will only, you know, like, uh, you know, probably know twenty, thirty percent of it, and I don't, um, uh, you know, think I will. I'm talking to every hotel group out there or every distribution platform out there, but. The two things that I view is, is the hotels have just been around for a long time and there's very limited to high cost of capital to build a hotel. It's been around for thousands of years and, uh, right. you know, since the beginning and uh, um, they've always done it this way. Uh, you know, it's, it's nice to get the uh, a nice uh, prince from the Middle East or some high celebrity and, and they have an offline sales team. You have a lot of director of sales, a lot of people in the business that have, still do a lot of offline booking. Online bookings are still only 40. 8% or something according to you guys and a bunch of other data sources in the U S maybe even hitting 50. So, um, you know, off people still book offline. People still talk to customers. People still uh, want that, um, kind of service. And, um, and that's kind of one reason why. So just internal processes, uh, politics, uh, his things that have historically have worked and they've had data for, um, uh, that works. Um, and, uh, and then for like someone like Vegas is casinos, right? So there's a huge push on that, but now casinos represent, you know, number four on revenue, not number one, which was the case, uh, for, since the beginning. So, um, that's one reason why, um, and, and loyalty could be another one in the book, that one, um, where loyalty is not really as much there anymore because it's just, there's a little switching cost, uh, across not only property, but also across the like, units of inventory. Um, I mean, the other side is just that, you know, it, it, historically, like the the real estate arm is just uh, heads in beds to cover fixed cost, which is rent and interest rates. And so, when they built that distribution, um, you know, you you really don't know what distribution looks like in the future. Um, and so, when you code, when you have an old school industry that's, you know, and that has been um, now being thrust into distribution and building the pipelines, it's usually outsourced and and coding is not just some, like, plug-in plates. It's human logic. And if you're building on top of human logic and you're extracting data and data changes rapidly and no one's really updated it or monitored it, um, and, you know, you change a room type and it doesn't change, or, you know, every permutation of room type not many people know about, it's just it's hard to really accumulate that. And so and then on top of that, you build set uh, technology structures that are, kind of hard to move and so one is a technical thing um so you know their big thing is just get 70 percent of their rooms filled and they would make their money um 80 of their rooms filled and um and that would cover their cost of capital um and i think that's been the majority of it and, and the other side is the uh i think just um it's just hard to move big industries Healthcare. um i used to work at capital one um, very similar, you know, Capital One, the founder was still the CEO, uh, Ray, uh, Rich Fairbanks. He's, you know, been to every meeting. I've, you know, he's one of the most um, innovative and uh, just well thoughtful. And, and because he has that power, he can make heavy investments in technology more than a bank that doesn't have the founder as a CEO. And, um, and uh, they're okay with short term losses. Um, but a fixed asset is hard to have short-term losses, so there's less, in, you know, less reason to change. Um, and so, um, you know, that's basically what I think is is the reason why.
1: So tell me, t- tell me, Robbie. I mean, it's interesting. You were coming at it, the 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 problem that clearly you felt that needed to be solved with your technology and your idea, and as you've just kind of referenced, the hotels have got these fairly archaic systems and ways of thinking about inventory and especially with what you're particularly trying to do how did those early conversations go you know you're a startup you're you're from the valley and would you just knock on the door of a couple of hotels head office and say look we've got this great idea we want you to change the way you think I mean how did those
2: conversations go? Yeah, I mean, so I, I always like to clarify, we're not from, we're from the Valley, but we're Oakland-based, so we're a little bit different, We yeah. kind of feel we're, yeah, so it's just, uh, and so, sorry, David, I know you're there, so, uh, uh, you know, we, uh, um, you know, we, um, we're not Valley boys, per se, we've kind of been around the industry, like I said, I've been Capital One, I worked uh, uh you know, Kyle you know, his first job was he started the Geek Squad out of his dorm room and, and just kinda of been working a computer like in company since at Yelp. So we've been around the block. I think I think it's not that so first I wanna clarify something. I don't think the hotels don't know. I think that's a I think people are smart everywhere. Um it, our advisors are a hotel um, you know, like Christy Garcia is one of our advisors. We have some great people that have helped us out um, uh, through the industry that know this pain point. Um, I think one thing is just timing and and, uh, risk-adjusted bets. Um, uh, It's a risk-averse industry, and so I think it's um, and and, you know you you have to deal with capital costs and interest rates and a lot of money to build hotels and um, and also distribution has been big, and so like it's not just direct distribution; it's also um, meetings. And, um, you know, Marriott and all these franchisees do a good job on that and have access to banks that other people don't. So I think, long story short, I think understanding the pain was one thing that I helped me. So, you know, I flew to Vegas every, every week and, and, you know, I'd go to the hotels and talk to people and people were excited about it. You know, in, in Vegas, it, it worked out well because there's a high barrier to entry, but they're willing to do whatever it takes to t- get um, um, uh, to get occupancy high and like much money as they can per room. So they're built on that. Uh, it's probably the best revenue managers in the world. Um, and so they, um, were willing to do it, uh, one hotel group. And it was just uh, that exact thing. I know it's painful. We'll do all the work. Um, here's the solution we have. We will be very little work for you. Um, and let us see if we can figure it out. And, um, they were doing things. A lot of hotels have been trying to do this, like selling their own rooms, uh, you know, selling suites, trying to create a high-end unit of inventory. But, you know, to be honest with you, like hoteliers are great at one thing: is being hoteliers. years. They're, they're not gonna yeah. be um, a booking and, and a OTAs on product development and uh, you know data optimization. Um, it's not like that uh, much of a virtual asset. So. Um, you know, that started that and then you know, we've got uh we work with Hilton, you know, Hilton is one of our biggest partners, um, and a couple other brands which I can't say which you know, we have access to twenty six thousand hotels directly integrated now. Um, but in the beginning it was just pounding the pavement and, and, and making them comfortable to know that we're not just like everyone else. We will bring them margin. That was you know. my pitch. I don't care about heads in beds, I will bring you money per room.
1: It's it's I interesting. I mean out. did you did you find As is often the case when you're trying to forge partnerships and relationships that as soon as one has started with you that the others kind of often work out what's going on and it's almost like a domino effect that word gets around that this is actually a useful solution for us.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's obviously the case. I mean, we're, I'm an industry outsider, like per se, and we've, we try to come in. So it's definitely something where, you know, we've had to bring in people that can help us out um, in that. But you're, you're right in, in some aspects. But the one thing, the hardest thing that people don't realize is that time is the biggest culprit of startup mm-hmm. failures. It's like we are living and breathing by like no one's investing in us to be a sustainable business for the next 15 years. Uh, or grow at like you know, so we have to grow quick and and the processes and the and you know there's there's a bunch of things that affect that affects innovation and travel specifically, and it's really not just the the movement of the hotels, which it happens in any industry, big companies don 't move you know when I was like cap one, I would be the person making those. Uh, partnerships and making those investments um, in the innovation group. And so, but it would take us seven months uh, and maybe three months to do a, an, a, like a DDS call or some, uh, pardon the background, like doing some type of data call or new product development um, or moving the right stakeholders. So I get that big company. Um, so the two things that I think that are the biggest problems in travel is one is the cost of doing innovation. So everything in terms of distribution is really uh is taken care of, like you can always integrate on the same in units of inventory. But to try to go directly to the APIs and the PMS systems and trying to get integrated, you're just paying a ton of tolls. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you don't know if the product works. So you have to pay those tolls up front. So for the first year, I had to we had to raise money mainly or put our own equity and not take salaries for a year. Um, or even a lot, lot longer, but we had to put in the blood and sweat and to get to a yep. point where we had to pay the middleware guys fifty thousand upfront and five thousand dollars minimums just access to access an API. Um, and uh, and then the second part is just then you add the process and the, how, how brands dominate the U.S. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it is a domino effect, but it's a slow domino, and that's the problem <laughs> with startups is that the speed of dominoes um, really hinders. Uh, innovation. And so a company like us, um, and David probably can speak to it as well, it's, it's not that there's an event that the businesses will, are eventually will do this. It's just that timing misses because the businesses are, uh, the, the market is too slow to move in terms of alignment and yeah. there's too much
0: barriers. And I think travel is one of the biggest culprits there, especially hotel bookings. I can certainly commiserate. Um, I, you mentioned about bringing on supply, and you said you'd do everything for them. We've had a couple of interesting uh, guests on the podcast that basically have talked in depth about how they went into solving the IT problems of that new supply they were trying to bring on board. Uh, I'm curious if you could elaborate a little bit more about, you know, what were you giving these hotels, and how in depth were you going? Were you plugging into their uh, CRSs, their their uh, you know their uh, management systems, or, or what?
2: Yeah, so we, um, uh, so I can't, that again, it's talk like bread and butter. So we're, yes, we, we run a platform. Sweetness.com is our, kind of our main source of showcasing the, the world the the, how valuable the product is. But, um, what we always view us ourselves as our kind of our technology and our, our data aspects. So we're, um, our third co-founder, like, it came from, uh, Starwood's data. product and we build enclosure which is kind of a newer programming language that allows for storing data and doing things like rate caching and look to book ratios and so when it comes down to your question about how much like how far into the business we try to integrate we try to get as close as the pms as we can Um, so some of these big brands were actually with the only ota to integrate in the last five years with a couple of them which we can't say the names right now but um these are you know two of the five biggest brands um and so we um we integrate into their apis directly or we integrate as close as the crs system server channel and synexis uh you know we're integrated with hbci you know you can pull data you know when we first started with flights with friends we could you know we were pulling um all data from everywhere (laughs) you name it uh you're pulling inventory from everywhere but this inventory you have to be able to get the hotel to know that you're there uh, to make sure they're comfortable with this. You know, they have to give you specific rate codes. Uh, things like uh, multiple cancellation codes in different room types um, to be able to match those together. Um, things like being able to push back, you know, uh, into this way that you're actually allocating that inventory, uh, which, you know, Oracle probably has a lot of is, – is the main gatekeeper there. Um, so when it comes down to integrations, we try to get as close to the system of record as we can. Um, we even helped a hotel uh, in one of the biggest hotels uh, in, in Vegas to recode their entire rooms categories, uh, and and uh, all the content associated, all the logic, all the room level restrictions. Uh, you know, some rooms can't be booked like days before arrival. Whatever they feel is that the ability to control a room type is what we've done.
1: Sorry, just so on to that. to do
2: that, you have to get. Yeah, you sorry, Robbie. Just to just to interrupt.
1: Again. Sorry, Robbie. Just on that. That's really interesting what you're saying about you know you've you recoded and that particular hotel in uh, Vegas. And sorry to interrupt. I mean that's that's either quite an achievement or it's a really hard task in some respects because you know that particular hotel would be connected to GDSs and channel managers and all sorts of things. I mean that's how did How did that come about? Were you persuaded them or they asked you to do that for them
2: i mean they I mean they, this this one thing this, they, they actually want this so the person in this hotel group is actually one of the most uh forward thinking people I've ever met my counterpart she's amazing um and she um she she wanted to do this and they can they can eventually do this, but it just takes time and investment and, and it depends on how much capital and how much time that hotel has, and how profitable they are, and how. So you could do it on a. So I mean, hotels, I think, do it a lot. I think brands are always harder because it's like franchisee models and different layouts, and people change a lot. So you know, you have to find a hyper concentrated inventory, and obviously, Vegas is a great place. Um, but um, but it wasn't easy. It took a couple of years, and so it goes back to that idea. Like you're right, it is great, and they can eventually do that, but. Um, they still want controls because it's not fully, like, it's baked in, but it's not fully protected, right? So customer experience is really important to them um, and to us. Um, and um, so, um, you know, they we had to do it in the right way. Um, and so we had to build um, all, you know, we had to build the tools for them that allowed them to, um, you know, make sure that there wasn't uh, as much uh, uh, you know, maybe forward distribution or times that are available or um, making sure all the data that is in each rooms are uh, protected. So we're kind of the gatekeepers there uh, and help them uh, help, you know, eventually get, allow them to do this um, um, uh, themselves, right? Because yeah. even their own websites are built by third parties a lot of times or they're outsourced. Um, so you guys go tell us if their engineering team who is in there, it's usually we've got this X firm that has people sitting on a desk. And, we, and Capital One did the same thing. And a lot of uh, that's just a great tool to do that. But um, it is really hard to manage and it's really hard to uh, change. Uh, and so we try to do that. Uh, the flip side is that it's a painful process uh, <laughs> and it takes time and time is money. Uh, so, you know, and, and it takes a lot of engineering work and uh engineers aren't cheap uh and so and nobody like so that's where our fixed cost is it's a different game for us than any other travel distributor because um we really aren't about distribution arbitrage it's really more about supply extracting supply to help hotels compete in this new in this world of leisure travel which is people don't travel in twos anymore and they haven't historically but how do you showcase that inventory
1: And the last thing is the
2: distribution is also not built for that, right? So like uh, Google has got a three, four person maximum on their search. Um, And then when someone else like uh, pulls up more search criteria, there's nothing pulls from the hotel side. Hmm. Um, But they pull from um, Saunders and Lyrics and uh, Y Hotels and Vacation Homes. And, you know, those are the guys that are winning on on, um, three plus people's travel. Well,
0: quickly then, I want to follow up on that. You said that uh, many of these distribution interfaces don't have uh, the capability to search for more than four. How has that affected your B2B versus B2C? Because it actually kind of reminds me of uh, Tesla and how they refuse to go through dealerships as they kind of know that dealerships are going to screw them and try and sell gas-powered cars. And it sounds kind of like maybe going through these distribution partners um, could you know, be to your detriment. So how do you think about that?
2: I mean, it could be detriment or it could be a way to like really get the name out a lot bigger and
0: allow hotels
2: to expand faster. So it's it detriment to the short term, obviously. But that's my biggest worry is always timing. Um, uh, so one is that we get around it because we're, we're we only can book this stuff on our site. Um, a lot of times, it's even the hotel websites um, don't have access to a lot of this stuff, and so this is where we, um, you know, we even tested by building a hotel website for in a couple of weeks for. I'm um, actually one of the biggest brands out there and it's live right now. I, again, I can't talk about the name, <laughs> but it is a live site that runs on us and we you know, beat their own site in, in under 10 days. Um, but um, you know, we have, um, um, it is, it is a big problem because distribution, not everyone's going to know who sweetness is. It's just too expensive. I, you know, I can't beat booking an Expedia's $9 billion spent on Google. Um, and intent is hard to find in customers, and, and customer acquisition costs
0: is really tough. That, that number uh, map, It's a little scary.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just really tough. I mean, if I had a, and plus on top of that, I, I'm selling a hotel property. So the consumer can eventually just call the hotel as well. Um, sometimes they can't guarantee the connectors, only with us. And sometimes, you know, but like there's, unlike a vacation home, you're not going to be able to call the homeowner uh, and book that room direct. Um, so there's 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 an added issue in why the hotel bookings are so m- like a, an oligarchy across the board or duopoly on every layer of the infrastructure. It's like two players run 80%. Uh, and so that's the issue on the hotel side. Like, um, and then consumers just assume that every hotel inventory is commoditized. They can get rooms anywhere. So yeah, the pain is that uh, the customer acquisition cost is really hard. It's hard to fix with the noise. Uh, the advantages we're the ones that are methodically building this and um, doing it on our side and uh, when distribution, but distribution is starting to happen now. Where even meta searches um, uh, like Travago and, and Google, and, I mean not Google, but uh, booking and now and accommodations, they put hotels next to vacation rentals, and so um, that change might be good for us. The question becomes when does that change happen? And as a startup, that's your number one worry. Uh, because it's not like you're out there trying to, um, uh, like, again, you you just, you have to invest in upfront a lot more. Um, and that cost is like, you just got to sustain it. And if timing is six months off, that really affects you a lot more than a, a company.
1: So how, uh, t- tell us, Robbie, then let's, let's look at the the, you know, the, the customer acquisition side of things and how you've got people through the front door to use the service. I mean, what kind of approach have you taken that? And, you know, you were referencing the two rather big online travel agencies. It's actually just over ten and a half billion that they spent with uh, Google last year. Yeah, crazy. So, I mean, what, what, what do you what well, do? You do? I mean, how do you sit there YouTube, and work
2: right? it all out? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, that's, I, I you tell me. I would, that's a question we always ask ourselves. <laughs> we just do everything. I mean, like to be honest, I, with, I wonder. David will probably saying the same thing. a two-part question. And it's a
1: two-part question, really. I mean, how have you tried to figure out how to bring people in the front door? And I wonder, given what you were talking about in the first ten, fifteen minutes, there is that is actually the strength of the business is solving the technology for the hotels behind the scenes, and actually, you will morph over time into a B two B startup.
2: Yeah. I mean, so I'll answer the second question first. I I, I like the actual labeling is always uh, uh, hard for me uh, because it's really is. Uh, yeah. We, I mean, our business is sweetness.com and our business is to do whatever it takes to. Um, and the reason why hotels give it to us is we like make sure that their inventory is protected. Um, now, can we get to the point where it's protect enough to uh, expand that inventory to other channels, that's the goal, um, uh, Because, but then we also want to maintain as much as we can of our own branding, so, um, you know, what that looks like, timing, um, also distribution, I think those are fair questions, I think that you have to reassess all the time. Um, what we've originally has done historically is, is really everything, uh, you know, we have, you know, kind of read every, you, you know, I'm, not a, I'm a first-time founder and never really done this stuff before, and you know, you read the stories that, you know, you don't read about the um, um, the 90% that actually I used to be a VC before. So I know the, the statistics. It really is um, a zero, uh, zero, zero, like 50% of businesses go to zero, 40% yep. get some a single and 5% or maybe 1% get huge returns. And these big funds uh, expect that more often and they're okay with that. So um, from an acquisition side, you you raise capital to try as many tests as you can. Um, and so that's what we did is just try as many tasks you can. So SDM, we we're integrated with Google Hotel Ads directly. Uh, you know, you find out different properties. Um, you know, we had 700 hotels on our platform last year. And now we have 5,000. We still have 20,000 in our backlog that we're just onboarding. Um, and so, uh, you know, it changes with different, in this, different data points. It changes with different uh, markets. Um, but the thing that works for us uh recently has been a lot more uh, you know as we add more supply, we get more repeat bookings um we're a supply business, so uh rather pardon the language, but rather than we don't fight the length the pricing, we just have shit that nobody else has
0: right. um,
2: and so like we're winning on that like we are trying to showcase that it 's a hard thing to showcase um in markets like i'm not gonna win on hotels in Vegas. Um, and so you, but we win organically. Um, uh, we have good data structures. We have really good room level inventory. I mean, the room level data. We have really, um, so Google's friends are like that and that asset grows over time. So 70 something percent of our business is organic. Um, just people coming on the FAIL platform. So we're beating a lot of these people that have been around on just organic search. Um, uh, which seems to be everyone thinks is a dead in, in market but since we're bringing something new. It helps. Um, and then we have really good retargeting. So people always are like, "Why do you have a sign-in screen?" Uh, it's kind of the first question we get. Um, you know, try selling a sweet booking site in the valley is, to raise capital, and you, you'll get like 150 notes, and everyone will be like, "What the hell is this? And how big is the market? Who the heck knows this stuff?" And so, um, you know, you, you know, we've had to work ways to get like unit economics working in various different ways, and so we've tested a lot of. Um, and, um, and it works in some places and you can't overspend in some places and it becomes marginally non-profitable in other places. Um, and it changes every day. The hardest thing is, the other thing, the hardest thing about a startup is you just don't have data to iterate on it. Like, I just can't, don't have data that Booking has. Um, they can iterate the product every second if they wanted the statistical significance. We, it takes us six months (laughs) to get it. And then you add the supply side, it takes another seven months. And so, um, it's really, 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 um, time. Um, and so, um, you know, the, everything is starting to happen now, three years after launch. So we launched in 2000, kind of late 2015, early 2016. And now we're starting to the data that allows us to know what works and what doesn't. So, yeah, that, you know, affiliate marketing. It's
1: interesting. I mean, final one for me before we move on to kind of, you know, questions around, you know, the business and being a startup and stuff like that. I mean, you've talked a lot about Las yeah. Vegas, but, you know, you only need to look at the, uh the 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 site that's sweetness.com listeners for anyone who doesn't know it already i mean you you've got 37 cities in canada you've got one in the uk you've got uh, 2100 in the us and four in mexico i mean you've gone suddenly from not many to many how, how have you done yeah. that? Is it, is it because you've had the relationships with the chains and chains by virtue of them being chains are telling their franchisees or their other hotels around the world or in other cities, hey, this is something that works for us? Is that how, it's, is that how the expansion into new markets has, has taken place?
2: Yeah so the great thing so the one so the one dis so obviously the disadvantage is not having enough supply and going to brands but the advantage of being a travel startup is that you can expand really rapidly because of asset light like I don't have to you know buy 50,000 line bikes or I don't have to buy a new hotel in the city uh or sign leases for 55 rooms so I don't need as much capital so once you expand you can expand and so when we started um with our initial funding you know uh, the the, I, the game plan was always you know boots on the ground and try to get as many uh, hotels to sign up as you can we quickly realized the penetration rate is really tough and you have to be in the barrier still in the integrations like half the hotels you some hotels use site or some hotels do travel click some hotels this thing and our level of integration is really deep so brands were the way to go just longer sales cycle um but um well, we've you know we had seven you know we had a uh, you know something like 20 markets are uh with the 700 hotels uh since last november but we've you know the thing that we want is data and so what we did is like batch load and lodge like just base suites in all our cities that we have through the hotels themselves the integrations the 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 incremental room types that takes more time and the data is not available are the things like uh, what room connects? Uh, is it a, what type of room? Is it a king, queen bed? Um, how many are there? Is it four on one floor, three on the other floor? Um, that data has never been aggregated. Um, and it's really hard to pull through um, or even on the hotel side. So that's what we've been, that's the stuff that we have um, that is truly um, um, that, that it adds to the value and allows hotels to expand that. So, um, you know, we are, we launch a lot of cities to highlight room levels. So with us, you book the right room at the right hotel and not the hotel in the city. So if you think of it that way. Um, and so when we launched uh, these data tests and we were able to do things like batch load uh, brands um, uh, because you have to be able to handle CSE files and you know their data feeds and how their look to book ratios are. And so we make sure that we do it right. Um, and in a startup, to go to your second point, when you're talking about startups, it's not a clean linear growth every month. Um, it's like you you struggle, struggle, you know, high variability every month over month and then some step function change. And it's usually the step function as a technical deployment or something that changes. And that step function is what you're looking for. So um, those the reason we have so many cities is we've been able to create step functions. In loading better content and cleaning the data. And we have our own content marketplace with 300 writers around the world where we QA everything. So, you know, imagine writing every room description and every permutation of room type in a hotel. Um, so making sure everything like that has been built to scale allows us to make, have faster, um, uh, I think, uh, functional changes, um, and substantial changes like, uh, but, it's taken time. Um, And so you see like rapid changes happening fast.
0: Okay. I can certainly sympathize with that. The step function stuff you just said. Um, I kind of wanted to rewind to the first couple of minutes of our interview here um, and talk about the pivot and you joining, because uh, I think there's some um, startup DNA survey or whatever that came out five, six years ago saying something like 50% of startups that fail, they fail because of co-founder strife. And, I remember I met Kyle um, back in the day when he was doing flights with friends on this British Airways ungrounded flight, and before you joined, and I, I have to say I'm like impressed that um, you know you guys you joined a company then pivoted it and it helps lead it uh, with the uh, original guy who had the original idea that they pivoted away from. <laughs> and there's, there's just so many different ways that can go wrong. I, it seems like there's just a bunch of different hurdles you guys have uh, successfully navigated. And so I would just love to hear some perspective about your co-founder relationship.
2: It's a great question. And it's actually one of the biggest things that even we went through white Combinator and
0: there's one of the things that they just
2: highly, like, I mean, within nine months, like that 50% is actually a lot higher. Um, and it was always one co founder leaving or something happening, and just it typically happens all the time. It's actually quite, um, quite common, and most people don't see that. So it's not like in a PR piece. It's usually someone raises 150 million or someone is like doing something amazing, it's just, but it's like affirmation bias. But you're 100% right on that. So thanks for bringing that up too. Um, in terms of pivots, he, he already had the uh, like an app up, but he just like he was just getting the data. And for me, the two things that I – like, so, I mean, I was having my own kid. It was not the best time to jump from a really good uh, – Cap 1 was the best company I've ever worked for, uh data-driven. Um, really, is just a good place that I've always just wanted I, – I will always keep wanting to do things myself. I think sometimes when you're one of these type of people um, – I think, David, you're one of them, which is even if it goes – good or bad like you're just going to go back again um because it's just it's just what I've, i'm passionate about and so i wanted to build something with and i knew that i needed to have the right person to do things that i'm not good at and if i can tackle the biggest uh one of the biggest markets and the most competitive you you better have people that are just parallel processing at like high levels um and same thing with our cto so um, for a very long time, we just the Kyle did the product. I just I tried to do everything else to not let them. Uh, and then Stephen did technology to not let them do anything else. And I think we were just really busy. Um, not to say we've had haven't had our fair share. There's a lot of, uh, of founders uh, disagreements that happen, and, and you know finding the balance of tension, um, and also just being able to communicate and talk to each other openly um, as, as, you know, human beings, uh, taking away, like you're basically together as family for the, for the longest time, not making salary, trying to, trying to work days and nights and trying to figure this thing out. Um, you intend to like, you know, the same time I joined the same day that my, my, like a month before my uh, first wire came in the day my son was born. I made a term sheet pulled two months before. And so you just never know what happens. And so, um, you know, it's, uh, I think one thing helped us as we were a little bit older, so it maybe gave us a little bit more insight. Um, we knew those statistics going in, so we knew that we had to do everything. So we really invested in like an umbrella and kind of like we do like pulse surveys internally with even just the founders. Um, and um, there still are issues and communication barriers, but we're kind of trying to be upfront about it. And uh, yeah, we've had a lot of um, our own uh, strikes, but it's more um, um how do we actually, it's like, like we just know that we come back, we hash it out and you just gotta, it's a business. You gotta, to compete here, you just can't have this, right? Otherwise you're just gonna lose. Any day you lose in the market, it, it's already like everything is against you. Um, as a startup founder, it's just, and especially in trouble. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, indeed. It, it, I, got, I, got, I got an interesting one, I think from here, Robbie. I mean, I'm looking at your list of advisors, and um we've had a couple of people on the on the podcast, and I've just never got round to asking them i mean you've got a fairly impressive um list I, 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 evan conweiser who i who I know extremely well, and uh, Christy, who I remember from her uh, her, her previous job at Jamera, um, I think it was, and Fred bean i mean innovator just, yeah yeah I mean just give us a, a quick sense because we're conscious of everyone's time here, but just give us a quick sense of first of all, how did you Find these people. Were they connected to you via I don't know through Y Combinator or investors, and and what did they have as a as an advisor role? I mean, what what, what do they do, and how often do you kind of hook up with them? I mean, I'm just curious, and I think our, our readers and listeners will be very uh, interested to know what the role of the advisors is.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's uh, I mean, early on, um, there was one thing I knew that I just I you'd be. Like, it's just a Silicon Valley fallacy, and it's like anybody else's fallacy that you just think you can walk in and you know more than anybody else. I think is the biggest uh blunder for a lot of things in terms of startups. Um, you know, uh, I personally, even at this point, like, who knows what's gonna like what happens? Like, it's still, I'm still every day uh, treating it as like there's a 90% chance against us, you know, they just never know. So, uh, you know, the one thing I knew from a sales process and from a process of just getting in, there, I just need people internally that can give me advice on how to navigate this stuff, where to go, who are the right people to talk to. And that was the reason, that was the way that I got into this industry um, was through that. I, I feel um, that these advisors uh, helped me out in a lot of ways. A couple of advisors uh, like Evan helped me out. And it's just, he started a company, uh, a couple of companies, and uh, he's been the founder and smart guy. and you know, time, things work, don't work, things don't happen in the right times. There's a lot of those type of people that give me the advice that comes down to what um, David was talking about that is like, watch out for founder disagreements. Watch out for this stuff. Um, you know, this is what you think about when people say this. Make sure the fundraising, I never raised capital before, so um, one of my advisors is really good at that. And so they help me a lot in that regard. Like I would send all my decks over, find out what people want to see. Um, am I thinking about it the right way? Um, uh, who are their intros if it's not just equity so that's one that's that side the other side is the hotel side like i mean they've been in this industry for what four years for and so needing to know all these intricacies and the every acronym in this industry i mean i have to learn this stuff really fast and you know i can read as much as i can but you know if you walk into someone who's been in there for 35 years it would completely be uh, ludicrous to think that you're going to go in and try to you know tell them something and profoundly blow their mind um it's, when it goes to that question you asked like you know why why don't hotels do this it's not like they don't know they're smart people um uh, but they might have reasons they might have fears they might have uh, you know they might have been there there may be uh, stakeholders that don't allow it or there may be technical barriers so um those advisors helped me in a lot of ways uh and it was kind of foundational and and you know i do once a month calls early on and and kind of Reduced at different times, and different advisors helping in different stages of the business. Um, and you know, at the beginning, 100% of zero is zero. Um, so they are incentivized uh, to, uh, you know, for a couple of years and mm-hmm. longer to be to be help us out. So uh, rather than me spending eight months of my time trying to figure this thing out, or 12 months trying to break into a door, or finding the right connection, the right answers, and the right person that believed me, the right person might as well just get someone in our fold to help us out beyond um, the equity capital. Um, because the equity guys don't know this industry better than you do. They're not going to come in and tell you much because they're not, venture capitalists are um, investing in markets and uh, momentum. Um, they're not investing in um, um, like providing the value until some point, like an IPO. Um, or maybe some VCs know it, but there's not many venture capital travel guys running around. Um, and, uh, travel focused feces. And, um, uh, when I say travel, i mean hosp- like hotel booking, like my industry, uh, like distribution stuff. So, um, that's what advisors do. Uh, they just are, they've just been the best thing, I think, uh, early on and, uh, um, n- completely necessary to understand the market. And, and if any startup doesn't have that, it's the, it's they worry about a, you know, giving up an equity share? like over two years and you definitely are thinking about
0: it the wrong way okay it's great thank you totally agree well i think we're out of time so thanks for joining us today robbie i think this has been very insightful and yeah i
2: appreciate it guys i really really love it and i love talking and thank you so much for doing this stuff hopefully uh, maybe one person finds it useful
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure they will thanks from me yeah, no, I absolutely think, uh, you know, the point of this podcast is to go a little deeper in depth with all the very specific business models in the travel industry. So uh, this has been how I got here. Mosio and Focus Wire's podcast with Kevin May from Focus Wire and myself, David Litwack from Mosio. And thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Okay, bye.
0: Thanks for listening to how I got here podcast. We'll be back next week with more insight stories behind startups and innovation in travel and transportation. Check mozio.com slash move for a complete write-up of the highlights of every podcast with translations into five languages and get your daily dose of news on the digital travel economy by subscribing to the newsletter at focuswire.com. See you next week.